0: There's some kind of different approach to business that I bring and to life, which is actually kind of proven to be working really, because I'm making some big transformations with people that I work with, like genuinely. Like, <laughs> but the first person I had to convince of that was myself, and that's what I've done to transform my own life.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the Stay Hungry Podcast. Today our special guest is none other than Brad Burton, the UK's number one motivational business speaker. As the Times said, behind the bluff exterior of the self-styled bloke from Manchester is a shrewd business brain. You're going to love this one. Let's fucking go. Brad Burton, long time. How are you? Yeah,
0: you know what? Pandemics will uh, will knock it out of you. However, we're back, we are back, we are back. It must have been four years, hasn't it?
1: Oh, shit, I'm trying to think. Last time I saw you, I remember the first time I saw you, sat on a sofa in the Two Henrys, I think, back no. in two two oh. 2006, maybe Crazy. 2007. Crazy. Long time, long time. Listen, we've got so much to go through, um, but we always start with the three Ws. So for the people who might not know how you help people, what do you do, who for, and why?
0: So, you know, I find the better version of people. Um, there is a better version of us, Better version of me, better version of you, better version of us. And often it remains dormant, and that's what I do. Uh, what was the other question? Who do I do it for?
1: Who do you do it for? Uh,
0: primarily accountants. Oh, shit, right. Yeah, 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 I just fell into it. It's weird. I mean, 80% of my my, my audience is, is accountants now. We're just by accident, as opposed to design. Um, but listen, business people, stressed out business people who are, you know, who have been running a business for, for, for many, many years. And they're scratching their head thinking when does it get good so that's what i do i help people find the best version of themselves and also get their business good
1: nice and why do you do what you do
0: to make a positive difference you know i was that guy i had a multi-million pound business yeah i had everything yeah i felt like i had nothing and um i think there's some uh kind of different approach to business that i bring and to life which is actually kind of proven to be working really because i'm making some big transformations with people that i work with like genuinely like but well, the first person i had to convince of that was myself and that's what i've done i transformed my own life God, fantastic. so when did you have
1: like this epiphany because I, I you know i've i've seen i've seen the cars i've seen all that when, when are we talking post-pandemic that that you had a was it was it a yeah. light bulb moment or just to build up over time
0: uh, one or two things, you know, when you um, end up having a nervous breakdown, I'm all right now, uh, a nervous breakdown or you have uh, burnouts, there's something going very, very wrong in that society. We're kind of, we're kind of, uh, you know, we're down with the hustle and grind. And it all kind of caught up with me. 2012 is that I had a multi-million pound business. Yeah, I had nothing. I was broken, emotionally broken, mentally broken, physically broken. You know, just everything was gone. It had, by all accounts, what was success? And I called it success. Um, so I think this started, this, this whole change started in 2012. You know, I've got everything right now that I could ever dream of, genuinely. And I think the question that I ask anyone, which is how much is enough? How much is enough? Because ultimately, unless you've got enough, you're never going to get there. And that's where I think people get discombobulated and start cause themselves problems. So 2012,
1: so was that, so obviously you launched um, for networking. What was it two- 2006. 2006. So, so was yeah. was 2012 the the real peak of 4N, when literally you had groups everywhere, the money was flooding in.
0: Yeah, completely. But equally, I was broken as an individual. So externally, you know, forend networking was 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 doing beautifully. Um, internally, I was shot to pieces. And this is what I talk about with with, with what life is about. You know, if we um, we believe that success is about having all the trappings of success, the cars, the big house, the you know, the amazing holidays and so forth. But you know what I believe success is? Contentment and peace of mind. And that is the thing that eludes so many successful business people is they're not, never happy, they're never content. It's always successes around the next corner when they get the new house I get the new deal I get a bigger television, get a 40-inch television, go, ah, 60-inch television, that's where happy is. And then 80, then 100, that never ends. And I'm like, this is the bit. I see the kind of futility of, of that. And I look at it now and I look back and and i think to myself it was almost like a mental illness in this success right. at any cost and that cost was to myself
1: bloody hell. so i mean i read um stephen bartlett's happy sexy millionaire and he talks a lot about contentment whereas you think a lot of people think happiness equals the fast cars whatever it might be mm. whereas contentment that's that feeling of fulfillment it's a totally different thing whereas you know you, you've you got kids i've got kids and it's hard when they think it's it's all about money they see it online and they're like oh look they've gone to dubai look and shit, you know, it, it, it can be difficult, especially for younger people. I'm glad I grew up before the internet, that's all I can say. Well,
0: you know, the thing is with this, is that you look at it and where we go wrong is we start comparing our lives to other people's lives. And that stuff is absolutely crazy. What I urge people to do is is, is compare their life to their life. You know, I could present a picture quite easily um, of my life, which people would go, oh my God, you know, I've got a showreel reel that shows me doing all sorts of amazing stuff globally. You know, that's what my mum thinks I do. Come on, that showreel has been produced over 10 years, mm. 10 years. And because I wear the same t-shirt all the time, same jeans, and same trainers, you wouldn't know. Okay, my hair's the same as well. So, you know, but you look at that and people would think that that's my day-to-day life. It's not. That's been built over 10 years. So, but if I wanted to present that to people as this is my day-to-day life, I could quite easily do that. I don't, I'm really honest about it. And I think that's the danger. I think today's world, if you think right now you're juggling everything, finances, emotions, physical stuff, uh, mental stuff, but you're also thrown on top of that, digital world. Mm. It never existed 20 years ago. So now we're having to spend time dealing with the digital world as well as all these things. Difficult. You know, something's got to give. And I think that's what really what I'm about is, is to ensure the thing that gives isn't you. that's what i see too many business owners have lost their way they've lost themselves in pursuit of what they consider to be success and actually i'm saying to people look you know i've got a smaller business than i've ever had in 20 years and yet i'm making more money now right and that's Mm -hmm. like that doesn't make i don't have any offices i don't have 15 staff i don't have a team i don't have it and yet i'm making more money now so somewhere along the way Looking at that and going, whoa, 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 that, that what, what are we doing this for? So, is it about having an office so that everyone can see you've got offices? Is it about playing the game, almost cosplaying, costume playing, yeah. what a business owner should be? And actually, once you take away that and take away you, you as a business owner, before you use a business owner, use a person. And that's what we've got to get back down to get back down to being people, get back down to what you want for your life. And then if a business is part of that, cool. But I think we've been dominated by this whole internet culture and in Instagram world right now, and I don't believe that it fits for a vast
1: majority of people. So so I guess like flipping back, like when you launched N in 2006, that was, well, it wasn't pre-internet, but it was pre-social media kicking off, maybe Twitter kicked off 2006, but you grew your business organically, word of mouth. I mean, what was the Brad Burton in 2006 like, and what was the spark that got, that enabled you to see the gap in the breakfast networking market, and Same fucking question. totally disrupt the industry?
0: So, I looked at it and I went along. So I started my own business off in, <clears throat> in December 2004. I started my own marketing business off from literally days before Christmas. So my first year was 2005 and I got invited along to these networking meetings and in political terms, you had like the loony left and the hard right, loony left, chamber of commerce, Where's your, you know, uh, they've got the local mayor talking about parking provision, it's just nonsense. And you go there, it's all very nice, shabby, and Volavance. There you go, Looney Left. Then you had the hardcore, right? The BNI. where's your leads? Where's your referrals You have to attend. And I'm like, okay, where was the mainstream of networking? And, and it, it, it didn't exist. And I just looked at it, and I'm thinking, this is wide open in political terms. Looney Left, hard right, where was the 80 didn't exist. And I looked at it and I said, this can be done. And you know, nobody give me a chance, everyone wrote me off as, 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 as a fraud. And yet, you know, we run in total 68,000 uh, business networking meetings. So, you know, it's only a daft idea if it doesn't work. It's only a daft idea if it doesn't work. And if it does work, you end up becoming a genius, which is exactly what I did from a networking perspective.
1: Yeah, I'm smiling because I remember my first ever networking experience. It was BNI. And I walked into this room in my jeans, into a room full of suits. And yeah, it was like fucking hell. So when 4N launched, it was like a breath of fresh air. That's when I first met you. It was amazing. And and where where were you from a family point of view, when you were growing, so I imagine that, again, pre-social media, that must have involved a lot of fucking shoe leather. Yeah,
0: 40,000 miles a year, 40,000 miles a year, Wait, 200 nights a week, uh, a month, a year even. Um, and, you know, that's not regret, because I've got no regrets, but I look at my life and I think to myself, you know, I was doing it for my family. Mm-hmm. I was starting a business off for my family. And then at some point you forget about your family, and you're now doing your business for you. You kind of you 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 have lost your 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 primary objective, and that's where I'm at right now. You know I'm 50 year old now. You know 50 year old. My dad went out at 53, so on that basis, I've got three years left. Shit. So I kind of got no aspirations to go and build some big empire again. I'm done with that. Um, but what I've got aspirations to do is, as I've talked about before, is to make a positive difference, to help people find their way and to find their their part in life their own life again because we end up being on autopilot we're just going from day to day you know days become weeks those weeks become months those months become years those years become a life and we end up in a place that we don't want to be because society told us or because we've been watching instagram videos and that's what we need you know
1: so what's what's your relationship like with social media now are you you are you on it a lot do you use it much or it's just a tool that you can switch on and off you've got a good relationship with it
0: no, not. I've got a 14-hour day relationship with social media. And that's that's disgusting. You know, as a former drug addict, I've been addicted to drugs twice. You've got to work really hard to get addicted twice. Um, You know, I look at people on social media, including me, and it's a digital drug. That's the reality of it. And, you know, I've not managed to take myself off it yet. And that's something that I want to do. Something that genuinely, like Facebook, I run my own private group. That's the only reason I'm on there now.
1: Oh, Okay. Yeah. Is that like what what group mentorship or something or?
0: Yeah, on the quiet, nobody knows about it. Uh-huh. So yeah, so I, I literally don't promote it. I, I, I don't. So I, I handpick people to come in it. Um, so I've got I've got a, I've got that, and that's the only reason I'm on Facebook anymore. Right. So there's no way of being able to delete my account and keep that. There's not. So this is quite clever that these guys do that. They drag you into environments that you don't necessarily want to be in there, and they press your right buttons. It's so simple. They know everything about you. So in answer to the question, no, I've got a problem with my uh, social media and it's one that I, you know, I'm a motivational speaker. My intent is to change people's lives. Just shows you how difficult that element is to remove it right now from the world, you know.
1: So so how, how thick skinned would you say you are on social media? So I, I remember reading a post by David Goggins, who's, you know, always stay hard and all that. But even he'll admit that. Now and then, someone can say something that gets through a chink in his armour, and he'll react to it. I mean, because I, I guess you know, are you? Would you still describe yourself as a, as a bit polarising? Do you still come under fire from certain quarters?
0: I'm going to ask you a straight question. Uh, I'd love that straight answer. Name one person in the history of humanity who isn't polarising. Go.
1: She, I was going to say Mother Teresa, but she's dead, isn't she? Uh...
0: So she's also polarising as well? You go look. There's I hate Mother Teresa page mm. about her. She was a tyrant by all accounts. So go on, name one person. Mm. be a long day
1: appreciate.
0: see this is the thing yeah. they, don't, they don't fucking exist right so what happens is that people go oh Brad's Marmite and the only people that say i Marmite is people that have outpaced and actually they've got degrees of what have they can't mm. understand it and they'll never say the reason I don't like Brad is because of this they'll say it's because he's polarising or he's a Marmite character and actually you know the reality is with, with what I do everyone who's ever made anything decent has been polarizing. Hmm. So the only way that you cannot be polarizing is by never making anything creative. There. That's true. Hmm. So, so in terms of, in terms of of am I polarizing? I don't think I am anymore. I really don't. You're going to get people that don't like you. If I have a if I, if I have an office with, with ten staff, one person won't like you. Yeah. If I have an office with hundred staff, ten people won't like you. A thousand staff, a hundred people won't like you. That's the nature of of social media because you've got 10,000 people. So therefore there's a thousand people that follow you that don't like you. Mm. It is how it is. That's just the nature of it. It's a byproduct. So yes, on occasion you do get these things that come your way, but you've got to accept it's part of the course. It's a bit like being a boxer. The only way that you learn how to box is getting punched in the mouth, yeah. not by reading about how you get punched in the mouth. So you've got to, you know, you are going to get pinged at some point and it's how you deal with that fucking getting chinned effectively, metaphorically, digitally speaking. Uh, there's going to dictate how you deal with that going forward. So yes, I had my bruiser days back in 2006 2011 five years of fucking every single day fucking six shooter on social media you know that's how it was now i'm choosing i'm a a loving art fighter anymore nice
1: so what were you would you say that the hardest lessons you learned when when things started going awry in in around
0: 2012. (laughs) um not everyone's got the same values as you that you know you actually see who you are when the shit's in the fan You see who's there for you when the shit's in the farm. Um, But also that things change. You know, everything's always in flux. My beautiful office that I'm in right now. One day, someone else is going to be in this office. This is not going to be an office anymore. I'll have somebody else's room living in here. Everything's always in change. And once you recognise that everything is always in change, change becomes a whole lot easier to deal with.
1: I mean, can I ask about twenty twelve because there's a photo of you. I th- you 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 use it quite a lot, and it's the one of you with Terry Cooper. You you're sat down looking obviously very pensive. Was that was that twenty twelve or was that later?
0: Yeah, that was it. That, November that was,
1: the seventh, twenty twelve. Yeah. So so I mean, was Terry like a bit of a mentor to you? Do you still have mentors now? I mean, so it sounds like you obviously mentee people. If that's the
0: right yeah. word. Yeah, well, listen, there's a couple of things. Terry Cooper, my former chairman, he was in my old office, that was next door. I've got the picture on the wall. That is the most, it's not my Obama war moment. And actually I can provide it to you so you can show people. But, you know, it was, um, that was me, that was everything that could go wrong with my life did. And my life and my business was like a game of Jenga. I had this big wobbly tower of success. Just needed one brick and it would go. So Terry Cooper was chairman and he said to me at the time, he said, Brad, do you trust me? I said, Terry, I quit. He said, Brad, do you trust me? I said, yes. He said, do you trust me 100%? I said, yes. He said, you ain't fucking quitting. He says, I get it. You're tired. I get it. You're scared. I get it. You're fearful. I get it you want out, but you're not quitting. I said, if you really want to quit, he says, I'll, 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 I'll get a date now in the diary, six months time. And if you still want to quit on that date, I'll let you go. What do you reckon? High five. Dumb. And you know, that was obviously uh, God. 11 years ago. Shut he was. Sure. crucial conversation of, absolute crucial conversation that changed my entire direction of my life wow. and in answer to the question in terms of mentors you know i find um i various mentors over the years but i find that i learn about every single situation every single situation i'm always learning on purpose everything i read everything i see what's talking now i'm learning about myself and that's what i do i've switched it on so everything that i'm doing i'm learning or evaluating and where were you if it's
1: okay for you me to ask, where were you with Kerry around this point? So she's been a rock like well, like my wife is to me. I mean, most business owners have uh, like yeah, a, yeah. a, a, a surprise woman behind them, should we say. Um, but but how how were things back home when, when it was all kicking terrible. off at business?
0: Terrible, terrible, terrible. We had a divorce lawyer booked on the Friday. And, um, oh, shit. Um, yeah, yeah, divorce lawyer booked on the Friday. And if you said to me, you know, are we gonna make it? Absolutely not. On the Thursday, we sat down in my big posh five bedroom house, come from a council estate over with Chipper, and we sat there at a the farmhouse table and we cried, the pair of us. And she said to me, my wife, 2012, she said to me, I understand how we got here. Oh, I wow. understand how we got here. And that's the question that I always ask any individual who's either got success or they're struggling at the moment. Do you understand how you got here? Because that is crucial to recognise the decisions that you made that have got you where you are today. And only then, by recognising the decisions that you made, are uh, you in a position to avoid those things in future? Like a down payment on stupid death decisions.
1: Wow, that acceptance of responsibility, though, that's uh, that's a challenge we seem to come across more and more now. No one They they want the power, sound like Uncle Ben from uh, uh, Spider-Man now, they want right. the power, but they, they don't want the responsibility. It's just Teflon people everywhere.
0: Well, you know, this is the thing, leadership is about making decisions that not everyone agrees with. That's the reality, but, you know, I've had to make some fucking impossible decisions over the years, ones that... No one ends up on the winners' roster. And in situations when you run a network with thousands of members, you know, everyone's looking to you for answers. Something goes wrong over in fucking Cornwall, that's on me. Something goes wrong in Glasgow, that's on me. And that was quite difficult, really, when you've got situations or situations unfolding on a national level that I know nothing about, but somewhere along the way you get the finger point it is your organization. So it was really interesting, a good little grounding for me, a team of 800 people, um, obviously did my motivational speaking at these networking meetings that have then culminated in me traveling the world globally with global organizations, which actually none of that would have happened if I'd not started the business off going back 2004. So, you know, everything happens and the reason some of the shit that I've had to deal with has really put me in good stead when I mention other companies and businesses to be able to anticipate or be able to see things that are coming down the road that they won't be able to see
1: well I remember a video you shared on LinkedIn I think and it was one of your must have been one of your earlier speaking gigs and you start telling a story but then you admittedly fuck up and you had to rewind to do it again and and you will share that was that like just you've learnt your craft by just what having skin in the game or did you seek advice assistance
0: so that video is amazing we found it on YouTube of me speaking in 2010 or 2009 and I am terrible and we wanted it scrubbed off the internet and I said to my team I went back then I said look for this, that's what what does this make possible? Boom. I and mean, we we turned it from we have showing you some of the stuff that I say. I say the same thing in front of three thousand accountants and the biggest stage you can get in Excel. And yet I say the same thing or, or there's like lineage on it. Um so the the way that you learn how to speak is by dying (laughs) so you've got to die on stage in order to learn how not to die on stage the way that you learn how to uh, keep your head movement is get pushed in the mouth you know you're a martial artist and that's the same vibe with that so i i've spoke two two and a half thousand times in public you know in the brewer's fairs up and down the land and that is a grounding the likes of which most normal people don't someone might be the professional speakers association or Toastmasters. they get to see the same people every tuesday uh, you know for an hour well, I get to see different people every single day and speaking in hotels and brewer's fair restaurants up and down the land. Best grounding ever for a speaker because you can deal with anything. You can deal with the barista going off or you can deal with people walking past with luggage or workmen over there with hybrid jackets on while you're talking. You can speak anywhere. So it's a great grounding.
1: And... Is it a much bigger buzz going out in front of thousands of people now or, or do you have a bit of nostalgia some of those early days when you learn your craft? Like like we've all done it, spoken at 4N, like you say, in, in the Brewers Fair pub somewhere. Um, yeah. Or is it like, is it better now, worse, the same? Or is it like you fucking live for it, that moment before you go out in front of thousands of people at like the zero conference or whatever? What's what's the vibe like?
0: Yeah. Well, listen, you know, pro- I, I, I hired my camera team, my guys that I've worked with for 10 years that I met in for networking. And they actually, they filmed zero Con. So they had their own setup zerocon zero Con, but I got my guys to film me and we captured it. And we, you can see 36 seconds, where this camera, I didn't know he was doing it. I saw him in front of 3,000, he comes on stage and he circles around me to, to do a shot. Now, if he'd have fell over, it'd have been like, whoa, he didn't. He captured 36 seconds of my life, the greatest 36 seconds of my life, because at that very moment, you can see, and we can, once again, provide that for you, at that very moment, that was validation. Every single fucker who told me that I couldn't do it, everyone that said, oh, you'll never be a motivational speaker, why not? You look like a drug dealer. Okay, not by the way, anymore, but we can all change. you know. But the whole thing there, you look at it and you think, um, everyone told me I couldn't do it. Everyone said I couldn't start a business off. Everyone said I couldn't write a book I've written for. Everyone said I'd never be a motivational speaker. So all the authorities told me that that was the case. And if I'd have listened to those individuals, they'd have been absolutely right, but you know what I did? I turned down the volume on them, pressed the mute button and turned up the volume on my own self-talk. And that's what you've got to do. The first person you've got to convince of your brilliance is you, that's it. So, you know, before you can start pitching yourself to clients and this, that and the other, fucking convince yourself, because if you can't do that, you ain't convincing anyone else. And that's what it was, so it's validation. So the answer to the question is relative. And what I mean by that, if I go to the gym now, um, or you start in the gym and you're pushing 20 kilo, and then you're struggling, 20 kilo, and then, you know, 10 years later, you're pushing 200 kilo. the same individual. It's relative. You're both at the end of your operation. You're both at the end of your ability, yeah. and I think that's what it is. So as as romantic and, and, and as exciting as it is, everyone looking around you while you're bench pressing 200 kilo. not me, by the way, but everyone's like, oh, that's amazing. They're only working as hard as the person who's bench pressing 20. So the same goes for me in speaking. It's relative. You know, me having a big stage back in the day with 30 people, 3,000, it is relative. It's still it's still right there. Um, Although, you know, it's a dam sight more impressive uh, from an external perspective. But no, it's relative. And have you got
1: any more sort of business days planned? I remember back in the day coming to one of yours, I think it was a Villa Park. Um And I know you've done business uh, days with like um, Rusty Firmin. And I bought his book uh, on the back of like seeing you work with him. And that was because I'm old enough to remember the Iranian embassy siege. And yeah. that, I mean, that must have been awesome. I, I couldn't go to that one. Um But I mean, any, any more kind of days like that planned? Or is that yeah. not on the scope anymore? There's, 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 there's,
0: there's, there's things that I'm working on at the moment. One is is, is we've got Alton Towers. I've hired out out Alton Towers. I'm going to Alton Towers. I've booked Alton Towers. I think it's on the 18th of October. I'm going on my own. I said I'm coming. It's a free for all anyone else. 25 people booked in that day. So I'm hoping to go get 200, 300 people coming to Alton Towers from LinkedIn who don't know each other. They're going to go into networking. And that somehow will start going some way to kind of build up some kind of network again of individuals. But I'm also going to be running a um, uh, a life maker retreat, which is affected this this whole process. That I take life maker retreat over in um, over in uh, Beta or Inapa, and my intent is to take twelve people in this layer, uh for two or three nights there and really get people tuned into this. And I've got some amazing I can't name drop, but I've got some amazing names already booked on. Not speaking booked on to to thing because you know right. what I do is is radical shit. So that there, Life Maker Retreat, I'm hoping to do a Life Maker Live, which is going to be old school, Brad. Me, on a day, sharing all my fucking wisdom, and that's going to be coming next year. So, you know, look, the reality, where where my focus is at the moment is I'm doing mentoring for people, but not only that, I'm also um, doing speaking gigs. So I'm in a really good fucking place. I'm in genuinely a good place. And I said to someone the other day, I said, you know, imagine two piles. There's a pile of penny pieces and a pile of of pound coins, and you've got a wheelbarrow and a spade which spades would you put into? So, is it the palm coins? So why the fuck are you wasting your day all at the moment putting petty pieces into it and you are knocking your pipe out? See, my prices are, are, are probably considered expensive, but I'd rather not work. And what I mean by that is I lowered my prices by half. I've been busy all day fucking long. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. So my entire mindset has changed in, like in the last two, two years. And I think pandemics will do that. And I'll tell you the reason why I did it, is that you know, if I go back to the pre-pandemic, if my business would have been a £10 million business or £100 million business, guess what? It would have fucking gone. It would have still gone. And I think that that, to me, kind of told me the precariousness of life. That actually doesn't make no fucking odds. You know, how big your business is. Pandemics come along on well, external factor, can change everything. And that's what I said before, that things change. Once you recognise that things change, I didn't sit there fucking, uh, you know, getting pissed off. With, with the way the country was, I got on with the job at mm. hand, which is how do I get through this? And that's what I urge people to do.
1: So, I mean, in twenty nineteen, business going good. Four N speaking, doing your mentorships. Yep. Uh, lock then lockdown hit. I mean, we we lost overnight eighty percent of clients. But I guess for you, the the the, the money stopped literally one hundred percent overnight. Is that is that the case?
0: Yeah, and then you know we was the first network to go um, online. We was there. So we was there within 32 hours of, 32 hours of the shit. In the final we had our, we was the first one. But what happened is every competitive advantage that we had on a national level got negated because that meant anyone with a Zoom that could copy our format could set up a fucking network. Mm-hmm. And so consequently the people did, you know, no one had the heritage that we did the database and so forth, but yes, it fucked things, but that's okay, you know what? Mm-hmm. Life happens, everything happens for a reason. You and I are talking now as a result of me getting shot at in 1995. I moved away from Salford, my home for 21 years, and I moved to Somerset. So if you if you think about that logically, do you think about that logically, everything happens for the reason mm. something so terrible end up becoming so positive. And that's what I say about anything, that pandemic, I always ask the question, when the shit's hitting the fan in your life, in your world, in your business, what does this make possible? Mm. And what it made possible for is a fresh start for me to look at things now and say, is that what I would do? And I'm so thankful for networking uh, time. So fucking thankful, because the reality is you and I know, and I know thousands of people mm. on a national level now, you know, we've not spoke really for five years, but you know, pick it up like nothing's fucking changed. And that's what Full Networking has done. It's given me a reputation, a national reputation. Everyone knows who I am, all right? Not everyone, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I've got myself a national reputation that no one has spoke in as many fucking places on a national level as me. I go to a brewer's fair and speak over in fucking Wales, you know, most people would only go to a speaking gig. So they aren't, they're not getting booked every fucking two days to go all over the show. I was. So it would really give me a good grounding. And I wouldn't change a single thing about my life. Not one thing. And I've had some terrible shit pop off. Bloody hell.
1: And, and where where are you now in, ter- in terms of like work-life harmony, quality time with a family? Obviously, you've got children. I mean, you work from home now. What's what's like well, not an average day? Fuck average, <laughs> as, as a previous guest said. But what's a day look like for Brad Burton and yeah, the so Burtons?
0: The- Literally, I've, got, I've done a mentoring session this morning. So before this, up until about 11 o'clock, I did uh, 60 to 90 minutes. That's how long I do it more. 60 to 90-minute mentoring session. Done that. Doing this podcast now. I've got my uh, web developer who's in my garden office. So when we finish here, I'm going to go and tidy my web up. And then I've got a, a mentoring call again at 2 o'clock. That's it. It's nice and relaxed. And, and you know, I call it burst working. I get myself in this situation where I am fucking not 100%. You can, if you do 100% every single day, you're not 100%. You're at 80%. So what I do is I call burst working, which is a bit like a boxer. You go again, you know, we want a strong round. And that's what I do. And then we have times when I just coast and I just relax and I just energize. People say, oh, Brad, you're so full of energy. How are you so full of energy every time I see you? Because every time you see me, I'm so full of fucking energy. When you don't see me, I'm not full of energy. And that's what, the truth, I'm telling you that whole thing. You know, so when people see me on stage, you go, fucking hell, how is so full of energy? Because I've got stage energy. I'm not going around high-fiving the kids going, woo, all the time, right? (laughs) So, you know, an average day for me is 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 generally four hours of work, four hours of work, the rest of reactive emails, responses, social media and so forth. But I've got a good life, mate. I'll tell you, a fucking great life. You know, no commuting, no commuting, oh. and I can just fucking, you know, make proper difference and make proper money sat here.
1: so How many miles are you doing a year now then? Not forty thousand anymore.
0: My best guess, probably eight thousand, like oh oh,
1: nice and no, Did you get rid of the beamer it? then?
0: Yeah, I got short of it, so I don't even have a vehicle at the moment. And that's what I'm saying, I bought a wife's fucking nine-year-old X-Trail. this is the point, is that I look at it and you think, you know, I had a BMW uh, i8, and you think to yourself, you think, why did I have a BMW i8? I had it because it's a nice car, Mm -hmm. but actually there was times when you had it because it was nice to be seen Mm -hmm. in a car, and it's like, fucking hell, what is that about? Don't get me wrong, I like nice stuff, right? Clearly, I like nice stuff. We all do. But maybe, just maybe, the nice stuff that we've really got isn't a i 8 or isn't a fucking big house. It's your family. And it's one of those things that, you know, on my dying breath, do you reckon I'm going to go, oh, thank fuck it, I got a i 8 No, you're going to say, thank goodness that I spent the time with the children of skin Pebbles and did this that, and the other. And that says to me that, actually, if it was your last day of your life, what would you be doing? You wouldn't be going, oh, I'm going to go and fucking buy a car. I was going on a track day around fucking Nuremberg in a Lamborghini. You wouldn't. So what the fuck? And this is the bit that people don't understand. They had a mate of mine die fucking two weeks ago, 33, cancer. You know, a year ago he had no idea that he was gonna fucking die. He had no idea, he was gonna be leaving his daughter behind. No idea. So this is the point that we've got to fucking make, which is actually none of us know the date and we're all preparing. It's always 20 years in fucking advance. So it's 20 years when you're gonna die until of course it's fucking not. So therefore on that basis, and this is, you know, it's the antithesis of, of, of what, Fucking society told you make certain that enough is enough and that you don't go beyond that point i'm at that point right now where i've got enough i've
1: got enough Someone <laughs> said, actually say, someone said to me um a while back most magic moments don't cost money and i was like shit yeah that's good and i i think well, you know um lost my father a few years ago now but right. the, the favorite memories i have of him yeah, you know, we had some nice holidays and stuff but my favorite memories of him aren't on the holidays. It's the simple stuff like sitting around, eating, laughing together. And it's like, shit, why did it take me like 40 fucking years to realize that?
0: And then uh, let me tell you something, mate. So my dad, my stepfather, he looked after me effectively. <laughs> my fondest memories is 1981, I was eight. And on Friday, come back from work. He was an electrician worked for Norweb. And he'd come back from work and then he would, um, we would go to the, the the shop at the top of the street. And I'd have money. I could buy uh, fucking an ice cream back in the day, nineteen eighty-one. Walls in like a fucking uh, paper, and then I, I'd buy a, a bottle of juice soda or fans or whatever it was back in the day, orange. And I'd make floats, and we'd watch Telly. Fuck me, that was it, right? Not my dad's fucking Jaguar XK. DJ. Boom. So, so it's that. So on that basis, that's exactly where I'm at with my kids to try create those fucking memories. One day, I'm not going to be here. One day, you're not going to be here. Everyone that we love is mm. going to be dead. That's the fucking reality of it. Sorry, people. Mm. But it's fucking true. And this is the fucking bit, is that we're so fucking pretty. I'm 50. Fucking 50. My dad went at 53. So what? I'm going to go and spend some time out. Ah, but what you can do, get a business at scale. You know, i realized something, is that what happens when I started a business off, I was juggling, juggling finances, mm-hmm. juggling emotions, juggling time, juggling the uh, whatever. And I thought to myself, you get to a position where what you end up doing is you get a fucking office, you get staff and everyone juggles while you sit on the Maldives and you earn fucking money. But let me tell you something. I've been in business 19 fucking years. Let me tell you right now, I'm still fucking juggling all the fucking things. And this is what you need to understand is that all these entrepreneurs and all that fucking four hour work week bullshit is just that. It's bullshit. Anyone that I know that is fucking doing numbers right now in business, right, is still fucking working. They're still fucking working. Mm. So what the fuck's that about? So you've got everything that you want, yet you're still working out about. What about this? That The most important asset that we have is time. And yet, you know, you've got a load of fucking dough and you're still working to get more dough, to get more properties. To Why? What the fuck is that about? Why? Oh, because, yeah, give me a safety net. Why? I was brought up on a fucking council estate. We had no fucking safety net. So where the fuck's this come from? We oh. have been, as a society, we have been become addicted to comfort. You become addicted to fucking comfort. And when you start getting fucking underfloor heating on your fucking house, you're doing something terribly fucking wrong. That Life has gone very fucking wrong that you can afford underfloor heating and you've got no... Honestly, so this is where I'm at right now is that we've got to somewhere along the way slow it the fuck down. Get get back to the basics. Get back to what's fucking really important. And I'm telling you, it's not underfloor fucking heating. It isn't being WIAs. That doesn't mean, you know, I'm going to win the lottery today. I'm buying a fucking Lamborghini. I don't do the lottery. But if I did, that's the only way. But am I going to work to get one? To do what? To fucking... Into... It makes no sense. And this is the bit that only... That fucking fifth there. You'd have got me 20 years ago and sat me down and had this conversation. Mm-hmm. I'd been like... I'd, I'd been saying, oh, fuck off. You're talking out your ass. But I mate a mind years ago, when I started my business off, he's got a multi-million pound business over in um, Australia. And he said to me, he said, right, when he was starting business off, give me some advice. He said, one day, I want you to savour this, what you're going through right now with your struggle. He said, because one day, it's going to be replaced with comfort, and you're going to look back and wish that you'd listen to my words. And guess what? I dismissed him. And then he said to me, he said to me, he said, you know, when your skin and your washing machine starts playing up, what you do, you get a screwdriver, and you push it in there, and you hold that, and you press the elbow, and you get another wash out of it. When you get to my fucking point in life, when you've got everything you want, starts playing up, as soon as it fucking thing you ring someone up, they go and bring the best one, take that one away, boom. He says every single time that you don't do that, you lose a piece of yourself. And it's so fucking right. Because this is what happens right now. We've been addicted to comfort. Nobody wants to fucking feel any discomfort in life. And that is why we've got a society right now, which is struggling because it's got to deal with discomfort and it doesn't know how to deal with it. You know, my life has been discomfort. My life has been discomfort and I've dealt with every single bit of discomfort that come my fucking way, every bit. And my life's turned out okay. And that's the point that I'd like to say to people that actually, you know what, no matter what discomfort you've got going on right now, whatever you're dealing with right now, you'll deal with it. You've dealt with everything that is before. Why the fuck would you deal with this right now? And you will.
1: And how, how would you, how would you convey that kind of, cause I mean, I agree with you 100% I wrote a post about it the, literally the other day like for a lot of our listeners they've got like kids teenagers and stuff how do you get across this kind of not even a philosophy but without almost scaring them because you're not saying like, life has to be hard you, you need to be like Goggins and suffer 24 hours a day but sometimes dealing with shit mm-hmm. enables you to deal with the shit that comes back at you and if you don't have to deal with shit you're going to fold I mean how would you no, how no, would so you it, share that about, yeah
0: it's it's about recognising that Adversity is part of life, and your ability to deal with that adversity. You know, if I said to you right now, um, put your hand out on there, put your hand out like that and I put a red hot coal on it, how long would you hold on to it for? Depend, how you hold Depends. who's watching,
1: but not as not lo- not long at all, I imagine.
0: You wouldn't. You'd be gone. Let go. What we end up doing in life that bastard, what he did to fucking me, (laughs) that fucker, that one who ripped me off, that one who, oh, you know, somebody's died, I'm really fucking in pain about them. Uh, Would that individual who died, who you you love, would they want you to feel the pain? No, they wouldn't. They'd want you to let go of the pain. Doesn't mean you're letting go of the love. That whole thing about holding onto a red hot coal in whatever element of your life, that's where the problems come from in so many lives. Is holding on to something how life should have been, or what that should have been, or that should have been mine. Or the, 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 at some point you've got to let go. I had to let go of my business, my business which was a multi-million pound business, that I had office. I had to let go of it. Mm-hmm. And where the pain's formed is by not letting go. So what I'd say to any individual right now is that no matter what you've got coming on in your life, whatever your world is, let go of it, let go of it, and trust that you'll find a way. Trust that you'll find a way. Adversity. You know, I'm living an amazing life. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm living an amazing life. But I live an amazing life because I've chosen an amazing life. And what I mean by that is I've had to make for the last 19 years decisions that have got me from a, a, a counsellor fucking a Masonette above a chipper. I've had to get there by not, and the way that you get to the top of the stairs isn't by going from step one to step 12 and jumping. You go step two, three, four, five, six. Well, people don't want to do that. In today's social media world, you think you can go on a fucking course and get from one to the top. You can't. It's going to take time. So whatever you want to achieve in your life, in your world, in your business, it's going to take time. And if you've not got time in order to do it right, don't be upset if it doesn't fucking work. And never be in a hurry to lose. So what, where I'm at right now is slow, methodical process is methodical process. But today's world, everyone wants it instantly. doesn't work like that. doesn't work like that. Okay.
1: I tell you, I think if, if I look back and think about some of the energy I've wasted on holding on to grudges, people who ripped me off, let me down, that kind of stuff. Now I'd like to think, well, I'm a lot older and a little bit wiser, but shit, I could have done something better with that time and energy. Like, so you don't get that time back, do you?
0: And then that's the, that's the thing, you know, the most important thing ever was time. You know, we're 41 minutes closer to death since we started talking, right? Just think about that logically. At one point, I'm gonna have 41 minutes left in my life that's fucking mad. Yeah. When's that going to be? I've got no idea. It could be today. could be today. When I fucking wake up, could fucking get out. This is life. And this is what I need people to understand. We're so fucking focused on a five-year, ten-year plan. I don't know what the fuck's happening in five minutes' time. <laughs> you know, when I look at this, I look at this and I go back a couple of weeks ago, fucking the, the newspapers, and I don't read them, but fucking people telling me, oh, nuclear fucking warrants are coming put in this law. fucking shut up. Yeah. So people fucking spending weeks, oh my God, it might be a nuclear the Holocaust. We're still fucking here. You spent two weeks worrying about some fucking thing that ain't going to happen. There's a million things that you can fucking worry about. And that's the great thing about worry. Whatever you worry about never fucking happens. Mm. So stop it. Just fucking think positive about every element of your life. You know, what I think look at my life and the biggest fight I ever had in my life was me versus me as to which version of me. I used to have a fucking face like a slapped ass. I used to be a dark fucker. Big time. Mm. And right now, you know, it was like my own Brexit, 49% bad, 51% good. I reckon I'm 95% good now, and 5% negative. And that's what you need to do. And the way that I did that wasn't by going fucking 49, 51, 95, five, it was by 52, 48, 53. And moving slowly, mm. that's what you need to do. So any change that you want to do, say for instance, you're overweight and you want to lose, you know, three stone. Well, I've got a magic button that when you press it every single time you lose a stone, how many times would you press it? And then you go over three times. Yeah. Well, guess what? No fucking magic buttons exist. So in order for you to lose weight, you're going to have to do shit that you don't want to do. That means eating less, means going for fucking walks, going to the gym. If you don't want to do that, no matter going like that, I'm fucking scared. is going to fix it. So you need to be really honest with yourself. Yeah. Be really honest with yourself. What do I want to achieve? What do I want to do with my life? And fucking start taking the steps towards making that a reality. Or stop talking about it. Because yeah. that's what's driving you crazy right now. Or I want to go and you'd be self-employed, but I like the security of running a business. I want to be young, free and single, but I want to be married. I want to be... Don't fucking work that. Choose somewhere and fucking head towards it.
1: Fucking hell, Brad. Anyway, tell you, what, I could talk to you all day, man. Um, but I know we've got to wrap things up. You've got so much to share, so what's the best place to people for people to find out more about you and what you do and how you help people?
0: Listen, work with Brad.biz, right? That's, that's the opportunity to work with me. If you are interested in jumping on a 15-minute call and you can have a free sales pitch at the end of it, if you really <laughs> want, right? But no, I understand. I mean that, that. I'm being serious. The 15-minute, I will help you. If I can answer your question uh, within that 15 minutes, I will fucking do it completely free of charge. Bradburton.biz forward slash 1515 and jump on a 15-minute call. But look, you know, the reality is it's about fucking making a positive difference. I am... Um, I'm living a life that, I, that a, a thick fucker from Salford, Manchester, wouldn't ever think is possible. And if I can do it, guy who's done fucking four years on benefits, got shot out at 21, been addicted to drugs twice, delivered fucking pizza at 31, fucking got no qualifications or. You know, I'm a that guy, or I'm a guy, four-time best-selling fucking author, the UK's number one motivational business speaker, says from my website. They found a for networking. See, somewhere along the way, two sides are the same coin. So which version are you going to be? Are you going to be the fucking bum version? Are you going to be the fucking best version? Either way, it's a fucking choice. I was a bum. I've changed my life to the best version, and you can do the same. But it all starts with belief. Belief that you can do it. If you don't fucking believe that you can change, no change is ever going to happen. Shit,
1: amazing. Unbelievable. You up for two quick fire questions, Brad? Cool. right first one favorite film
0: <clears throat> torn either die hard or aliens so this is oh. a bit like choosing your favorite fucking kids and oh. what's interesting about that aliens Love is, oh just just you know 1986 was a fucking fine vintage uh for film so aliens and then uh, diehard was 1988 i believe um i cannot i cannot separate those two but what's interesting about that is I think how formative those films have been for me. If you think about the logic behind that, they had one man up against lots of situations, which is seemingly impossible. Aliens, once again, outnumbered, outarmed, you know, and yet they had to use the you know, the resources to, to get through. So I think there's something that talks to me about those films.
1: Nice. I went to a and a with the, the late Bill Paxton, um, and he talked so much about Aliens filming that he was Private Hudson. And that was just brilliant. No, I love that one. One of my favourite sequels.
0: That armor that he, that armor that he wore. I've actually had that on. I actually had that exact, that Bill Paxton's armor on. I, um, I was involved in the project and he was there. Oh fuck! No way.
1: Oh, amazing, just mm-hmm. Right, second one. Um, your favorite mistake.
0: <clears throat> well, what I say about a mistake is a mistake is only a mistake after the event. Up until that point, it's a correct decision. No one, including me, wakes up and says I'm going to go and fuck up today. What occasionally I do but that's what an expert is an expert is someone that's made all the mistakes in the particular niche field let me tell you my favorite mistake so this was 2012 2013 so I'm just going through it I had a, a nervous breakdown it took me two and a half years to get back to normal <laughs> and I was I got paid I can't remember how much it was but let's say two thousand pounds to come speak in a, in, a, in a place in Norwich and um Yes, uh, and this was a big company that does uh, websites for big national corporates. 200 employees. I turns up there at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm speaking at 4. Uh, goes to the toilet. Your rivals, uh, There's one guy there, one guy there, right in the middle. These two guys say, this is supposed to be motivational. What a load of shit this is. And I'm nervous. Early days for me. I'm having a week. The urinals Hey, guys. Wait till later before you make that decision. Fucking David Brennan. Anyway, goes and watches the... the, the 200 employees and it's in this like dark fucking hovel of a like a heavy metal type environment where they set up ever, black walls a lot and they had the um, the the sales director came out due to speak before me with sunglasses on and Hawaiian shirts and Bermuda shorts because the future's so bright and they're all laughing at him, not with him, they didn't want to be there, none of their staff, there was obviously some internal shit going on, that's why they brought a motivational speaker in, so I'm due to be speaking at four o'clock. Fucking two minutes to four comes, the managing director goes looking for a card, he's got the UK's number one motivation speaker, Brad Burton, four time three time bestseller. He can't find his card, he goes, mm, it's just some fat block from Manchester. So I walks on fuck two fucking people. So they've had better introductions. Shit. So I'm now I'm nervous as fuck. I've got forty five minutes. Twenty fucking five minutes in and I've run out of stuff. Like, I used to have cue cards printed them out and I used to print them out. You should just only have one, but because of it, oh, compensated, i compensated, had four laminated. So I'd say something a piece and then come back and read it. Say something, come back. It's terrible, right? So I'm there and I've got like 20 minutes left and I've run out of everything. I just burnt through it. So my pizza story normally takes six minutes and did it in like 10 seconds. Yeah, deliver pizzas, right? I've lost fucking shots of pieces. You've got 20 minutes left, Andy. What would you do? 200 people. Shit
1: get them involved in something interactive going.
0: I tried that, questions, everyone's just fucking anyway. So, <laughs> so I'm, I've done all, all anything that I, it, it wouldn't happen now because I'm, I'm versed, I've got 11 years or whatever, isn't it? So anyway, it goes like this. Um, you know, I'm a motivational speaker. Uh, maybe I should be called the UK's number one, demotivational speaker, first laugh. I said, you know, there's times in places as a motivational speaker, you're supposed, you're supposed to find the positive in everything. And there'll be a time in your life when you're on stage, like I am metaphorically, and there's nowhere to run, maybe your department and so forth. And I said, I've learned something today. Would you like to know what that is? He said, yeah. He said, grab your pens. I said, experience is what you win when you lose. Think about that. Experience is what you win when you lose. And things don't go your way. I said, I've learned something today. Would you like to know what that is? They said, yes. I said, never do a fucking job in Norfolk. See you later. And I walked. <laughs> Fuck. True story. <laughs> Is that me. on video? No, thank <laughs> fuck. But that was a weird problem of me dying. So, you know, you no. learn so much mm. about dying by dying mm. and actually how to avoid that. You know, in, in situations, if that was to happen again, i say, you know what? I've lost my weight, back position. I've lost my weight. And on times and occasions, you're gonna lose your weight. Anyone got any examples of you losing your weight? Okay, what happened there? So it's that. Mm. An experience will allow you to do that. So, you know, I've made some terrible mistakes but they've been amazing learnings. Amazing learnings.
1: Brilliant, amazing. I tell you, again, Brad could speak to you all day, man. Just opened up, a, pulled on another thread there, talking about that fear that something might not work out that stops anyone, so many people from achieving what their well, what their potential is.
0: You know, you know. This is as I say to people. I say, look, you know, no one has a fucking, no one has a, um, apart from me, no one has a crystal ball. I got one right there. No one has a crystal ball apart from me. So, on that basis, if you're going to think about the future, do yourself a fucking favor. Think about a positive one. Mm. If you're going to imagine a a fucking positive one. You know, what what goes wrong here is that people end up with a situation where, you know, I'm going to hold you in two weeks' time. I'm not thinking it's going to be shit. It's going to be raining. It's going to be shit service. I'm going to think it's amazing. That's what you've got to do. It all starts with this. This is this, this, I swear, this is your fucking engine room of your entire life. You get this right, you get your business right. You get your business right and you don't get that right you're fucked. <laughs> and that's what I was doing, but I was getting the business right So then sort this out. You sort this out first and your entire world sorted out. And that's exactly what i do. If anyone's interested in talking about how I do it, please do jump on that, slash uh, 15
1: Brilliant. What a note to end on. Brad, thank you again, it's been amazing.
0: Cheers yeah, Andy, keep going.